Hi and welcome to uh, another episode of the Glenvor Podcast. I think, if my uh, memory serves me right, this is season three, episode number nine. <laughs> and um, thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Jason JJ, forever researching uh, the Lost in Vaness or Muir Town, to be more specific, distillery of Glenvor, Glenvar, Glenmore, whatever you want to pronounce it. I don't mind. I can tell you some stories about that. And I can certainly probably tell you some stories about this distillery, but um, for this evening's episode, we are just focusing on a particular entry from the website. And uh, I finally caught up. This one went live today, although I think this podcast will probably not come out till next Tuesday or Wednesday. So in a roundabout way, we're still behind, but we're there. Pretty much we're there. Uh, And I'm thankful for that. It's been a long catch up, but we finally got there. So thanks for listening and your support. Um, This particular entry is from the 27th of March 1940, so we're now into the 40s. And as I mentioned, if you'd heard the previous episode, hold on tight because we are about to go into some seriously exciting entries. This one is, yeah, It's a little bit dull. It's not the theatrical, mind-blowing revelation that we've got coming, you know. But again, as I was saying in the previous episode about the relationship between the the excisemen and the distiller, and, you know, it was in their interests, a marriage of convenience. It was in their interest to get along and to facilitate the production of spirit as much as possible. Uh, You don't want the excisemen jumping in, putting blockers or there's problems you know with the staff or how they're behaving or uh, spirit going missing etc because quite simply the excisemen could shut it down uh, if things got out of hand so there was always that acceptance of true power but also I think a working relationship together and that comes through in the pages and um, I think it will in future ones as well but this entry this entry sort of th- steps in and feels into that way because it talks about an indulgence now it talks about an indulgence around rule 162 of the distillery instructions now i have asked a couple of notable people in the whiskey history sphere do you have a copy of the distillery instructions because i would think my gut instinct tells me these would be standardized across the distilleries you know you wouldn't have a different book for a different distillery uh yes there might be little with a bit little connotations like i guess the mortlach or ben rinnis setup compared to the more conventional setup perhaps in other distilleries but i think the bottom line is the rules would have been applied across scotland in a fair and consistent manner so I still don't know what rule 162 is despite asking people um several people have not got this book or these instructions um but uh other people are now asking around for me so i think eventually we will know the distillery instructions i mean i might not get physically get a copy of it um but i should be able to hopefully have a contact who can tell me what they are referring to now interestingly in today's customs world there is a rule 162 and i mentioned that at the end of this article and the rule entry for 162 actually relates to the production storage and accounting of cider and perry now things we know that weren't provided at glenvore but is there a hint to the past 
um, around uh, that rule um, regarding production, because certainly there is a consistent theme coming in these pages about a regular indulgence being granted. And we know there was one in April 1905, which is more about uh, the internal piping. But this Rule 162 seems to come up almost on an annual basis at the moment. And I'm wondering what is going on and why they're having to consistently almost not rewrite the rule, but always reintroduce it. You know, it's it mustn't be something like the piping I mentioned from the early 1900s, which was an indulgence, obviously, when done. That was pretty permanent. This indulgence, 162, just seems to be an ad hoc request. You know, they're just, can we do it this time? Can we do it this time? We did it last time, can we do it again? That sort of thing. So, you have to watch the space. We will get to the bottom of it. You know, if you've been listening to these podcasts or following the site, you should know by now I'm an absolute stubborn, determined person. So we will get there, you know, absolutely. We will get there. We will find out. And we will have new light on it. So it's only a matter of time. Um, but it is good, you know. In in this article as well uh, about the indulgence, I do talk about that relationship. I also refer back to Neil M. Gunn's book, um, if you haven't read it, where he talks about. I think he had a great deal of respect for who he called Old Bernie, even though politically they were on different spheres. Neil M. Gunn was very much a separatist, nationalist, whatever you want to say. And Bernie was a very traditional, obviously, former provost councillor, very much a man of uh, king and country or queen and country, you know. So, totally different, going to the point where uh, old Bernie, uh, to use uh, Neil M. Gunn's phrasing, would um, tell the distillery team who to vote who to vote for in the elections, and he's doing that uh, in um, the book um, that um, Gunn remembers. And Gunn comments that you know the staff are scared of him, uh, Bernie. So uh, there you go. And also you've got um, Neil going around and telling them you know vote for you know independence type thing. So. It's also interesting that they're referring to him as old Bernie, which suggests there is a young Bernie, which of course there would be. There would be William Bernie, who would eventually, you know, become the figurehead and uh, almost like the unofficial sport, spokesman for Scotch whiskey, it seems, in the 1950s and 60s. So there's a passing of the baton in the family at some stage. We don't know when exactly. We don't know what in what purpose William came more into the fore. He's certainly not mentioned so far, I can tell you that in the logbook, but you know, these are all interesting little scenarios that hopefully we can piece together and it will just give us more interest, appreciation and enjoyment, I think, of the whole uh, Glenvor experience. So there we go. There's that entry there. Um, as I say, it's nice. I'm starting to see these stamps as well. If you if you click on the link below, where um, it's been stamped the next day as being I don't know entered into record or noted of, of some kind, I guess. But there's an official customs and excise stamp of Glenvore Distillery. I would love to have found that original stamp, but who knows what was lost and um, who knows what might turn up somewhere. Um, so if you see any Glenvore memorabilia items. 
historical relics, etc., uh, please get in touch. Um, there must be some of it out there, uh, mementos that maybe people took or have been passed down the generations or locked away in an attic or shed or garage and forgotten about. Well, now's the time when we have the, the ability and the means and the, I guess the platform to show these things and to let people enjoy them for what they are so i'm gonna go back to that hazelburn 10 it's just eyeing me up in the corner at the moment um it's been i think i said this actually i'm recording this one uh, immediately after the last podcast and i have it's been a as i say it's been a very rewarding week but a very tiring week um not physically but just mentally just trying to get everything together um on the site and uh it just feels like, you know, I've maybe done too many pages this week, but I've just, it's almost like a good thriller, you know, just a page turner. You want to get to that page, you want to see the next thing. Um, you want more, but you don't want to go too far ahead because you need to do the, the work on the ones you've already digested or are still digesting. And I, I think at the moment I've stopped. That's the right thing to do. Let's go back. Let's think about these things you found. Is that what you think it is? And does that mean they did what you think they did? And yeah, we will talk more about that. Um, exciting, very exciting. Um, but uh, hopefully you can get a sense of that. And um, I'll just say thank you for listening. And let's see. Uh, you'll see what's coming in the next couple of weeks. I want to get most of it up before the tasting on the 8th of March. But... I am just looking forward to another week of seeing what this book gives us. And I've got a couple of other things in my head or in the pipeline. So uh, exciting times. Uh, on that note, I shall depart. Um, so enjoy your evening, enjoy your whiskey if you've got one there. And I'll see you for the next episode.